And thank you for joining us for another live episode of Conversations with Michael. We, of course, are streaming live from our home studio just in the central Willamette Valley of the beautiful state of Oregon on this beautiful sunny day. We hope that all is well in your life because we know a lot of people, for a lot of people, this is a very challenging time to be on this planet. And if not for the opportunity of a lifetime to actually experience the freedom and the joy of your soul touching your heart, soothing the fears in your mind, and helping to support your body, well, what's the point of being human? I mean, what is the point of all of this? If it's just about being more tolerant of our human condition, one that has felt lost and confused for a very long time, well, we deserve more than that. We truly do. So, Earth acts as a mirror in service to us so that we can clearly see all of our creations reflected back to us in slow motion. So let's begin today's show by taking that collective deep breath as we feel into all the energies that are here in support of this human soul experience. And Michael and I do that 
simply by sharing our radiance through our own words. Because we feel that when any of us shine our light, it does inspire life in all forms to begin to expand, both in our personal creations and within this human family. During the last 30 years, Michael has been encouraging us not to hide from our own magnificence, to find the courage to take that deep dive into all the energies that play a part in our life from within, to help us better understand that our life is truly our own movie. Take another deep breath. Because for a very, very long time, it has been our human part that has acted as the director, as the script writer, and the producer. And what so many of us have discovered is our life goes through an incredible transformation when we do allow the presence of our soul to sit in the director's chair. And it is without a doubt the most fulfilling experience I have ever felt. We openly share that experience in a number of classes, workshops, and private sessions. And for those that are new to our work watching today's live stream, we view the original self in much the same way others call it the great I am. This presence gave birth to what we call the eternal self. In my case, Michael represents but one of these beings. The eternal self then also gave birth to counterparts of itself. We call that the soul. So when we refer to a human soul experience, that includes my human self called Robert, my soul called Kethra, and the energetic presence of Michael. Michael calls that a very sacred triangle. Some of you have asked us why our description is different from other teachings. And from our perspective, that is like asking why all religions don't follow the same book. So as fulfilling as this relationship is for me, we always put out a disclaimer. This is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it simply is not. There are a lot of energies connected to our human experience that truly don't trust a multi-dimensional identity, such as the condition of being human. And there are also a lot of energies inside our soul that don't trust being a part of a reality that doesn't appear to be real from the vantage point of a polarized dualistic system of reality. But from my own experience, 
Choosing to be a conscious creator was the greatest gift that I have ever given to myself. Here on Earth, it allows us to see a reflection of how this actually works. And unfortunately for a lot of us, it also happens in slow motion. Or is it a blessing that it happens in slow motion? That too is changing. When we allow the singular identity to expand into this sacred triangle, at least for me, it offers some of the most uplifting experiences you could ever imagine. And it can also feel really disturbing, confusing, and kind of awkward to our human condition. Knowing that we create it all as the director of our own movie. This requires a degree of responsibility that seems to, well, intimidate most human beings, including a lot of us, because it asks of us to acknowledge all those energies that deny ourselves this newfound freedom and the courage to accept them just as they are without getting pulled into the drama that is, well, it's become a natural part of resisting. The good news is eventually our human identity begins to accept the role it plays in all of this. It provides a physical landscape for all these energies to experience how it feels to be what? We call it being sovereign. The simple act of acceptance can truly help to transcend those energies that don't trust that all is indeed well. And from my perspective and from my experience, it represents one of the highest forms of self-love I've ever tasted. So what helps us to stay the course? What inspires us to stay on the planet? Well, it becomes a lot easier, a lot easier when we flush the whole notion of perfection down the toilet. That leaves plenty of room and all the time you need to make this real. I know there have been many stories about other human beings who, well, others claim they achieved a state of perfection. But I personally have never heard an enlightened human being actually speak of themselves as being perfect. Fortunately, there, there's a lot of support these days to help you experience the presence of your soul as a tangible, physical experience. The song of a bird or a gentle breeze lightly touching your face. This is nature's way of reminding us 
take a breath and trust in your own heart as you're feeling what's being shared through the song of a bird, what's being shared through that gentle breeze lightly touching your face. To help you feel that, we explored that in depth in our last class called Being the New Human. We welcome all of you to stick around at the end of today's show and watch the trailer to that class. And now, more than any other time on this planet, you can find inspiration from a variety of very enlightened people as you begin to transcend a perception that has us feeling separated from the consciousness of the original self. We naturally start to see things in a very different light. We realize that we as the soul are indeed the director of our own movie. We begin to acknowledge that any perception that doesn't recognize consciousness as being real is but an illusion, which of course brings up the big question, what part does consciousness play inside of this human experience? Well, what we've all discovered, very little, if it isn't allowed to be a part of it. So during the last few years, Michael has been drumming on this whole notion of living inside what he refers to as bubbles of perception. The family we were born into represents a very unique bubble filled with a variety of beliefs, conditions to provide a type of safety, a sense of safety inside of all of this. Mass consciousness represents a huge bubble. And for the most part, these bubbles deny the existence of consciousness. It acts as a filter, like a fence, like a wall, like a wall built out of concrete. These bubbles rely almost exclusively on extracting energies from what appears to be outside of us to support themselves. So over the years, Michael has invited us to set mass consciousness free, to set our biological family free, to set our carbon-based body free, to allow it to exist with our light body. In order to perceive reality outside of these bubbles, which over time have become very, very rigid. But over time, the bubbles started to dissolve. 
I know that some of you would prefer to take a sharp needle or sword and pop these bubbles for a variety of reasons. I understand. <laughs> I do. I understand. But the act of allowing them to slowly dissolve also allows different parts of us to begin to integrate into this physical experience. We discovered that the integration of our soul is not something that can be pushed. The truth is, we've said this before, and maybe now you'll hear it in your heart. The truth is, we've been pretending not to be the original self in the form of our soul for a very, very long time. We actually started to believe here on Earth that the reflection of our inner reality had nothing to do with us. We disowned that reflection as being outside of us. We started to make others feel responsible for how we are feeling, blaming others, pointing fingers. All of this became a byproduct of what we now know to be a false perception. Here at Ancient Wings, which is all of me and my wife, Coca, we have the honor of working with a small group of people from all over the world. It is truly a remarkable group. They are willing to acknowledge that they too got caught up playing a game called let's pretend we're not the original self. It takes a lot of courage to admit that. <laughs> and then to begin to reclaim this original self as being you too. That then changes everything in a very dramatic way. It changes how we are perceiving ourselves and the other players in our movie, our parents, our siblings wives, husbands, and children, co-workers, neighbors, and friends. Our relationship to them goes through a dramatic shift when we allow these bubbles to begin to dissolve. Our perception, while looking through the eyes of our soul, actually begins to see itself in countless forms as the original self too. It's so important to understand that. Looking through the eyes of your own soul, you begin to see itself in countless forms, not as the ego human being, but as the original self too. Each as sovereign creators of our own experience. 
we then transition from being the I am that I am to we are that we are to consciousness is it just is every step in your own realization begins to open new windows which allows us even more freedom to do what to be you the real you let's take a breath because this game we have been playing called let's pretend we're not the original self it's been an incredible experience, has it not? Filled with a lot of drama over eons of time. It's been kind of fun until it wasn't anymore. The game itself, however, was so convincing that we almost forgot that it only exists inside these bubbles of perception. Each individual bubble started to attach, not merge, but attach itself to other bubbles, creating these huge collective bubbles. One of them was called your spiritual family. Mass consciousness on earth represents another one. But the term Bubbles of perception is not original to the teachings of Michael. Like all of you, I too had the fortune of meeting a number of people who inspired me to trust what I was feeling deep inside of me. This term was originally introduced to me at the ripe age of 17 while reading a book called a Separate Reality by Carlos Castaneda. Perhaps some of you have read it. For me, at that age, this was a life-changing book for me. Having just survived the public school system in this country, it spoke directly to my heart, inspiring me to begin my search for what appeared to be the missing piece in my life. It has only been during the last 20 years that I truly began to understand what I read in this book over 50 years ago. The idea that we exist inside bubbles of perception also allows us to also walk out of them. But to our conditioned human mind, that can be terrifying. Because these bubbles represent the only known reality to our mind. I know it can be very difficult to embrace alternate realities. If you're not getting any kind of validation or support from the people around you, so what I discovered is that the healing process plays an essential role, an essential part in allowing the soul and the eternal self to be in your life. 
we discovered along the way that these physical carbon-based bodies have their own state of consciousness, which allows it to rebalance itself without doing harm to itself. If we would just allow it to do that. But these bodies are also changing as we continue to step outside these bubbles of perception, we start to become aware of another body that doesn't rely on physical matter to support itself, our light bodies. So as our perception of reality continues to expand over time, you begin to see the game for what it is. Cause and effect in action. Those of you that are following our work know we've been talking a lot about this of late. I know firsthand how awkward all this can feel. A feeling that would suggest something about these bubbles just isn't real. So in today's session, I'd like to do something new. And really for me, it's about time. I want to take this opportunity to thank some people. They inspired me to trust the feeling in my heart that just knew without knowing how it knew that there was more, much more. They played a part in my own awakening process and for whatever reason, they also enjoy sharing their experience as writers, which I'll have to admit is a little awkward for me because I'm not much of a book reader. I don't think I've read a dozen books in my entire life. So yes, I do want to thank Carlos Castaneda who passed on several years ago, well, many years ago, for helping to restore my passion for being human. For those of you that are watching today's show on my website, I've posted more information about some of these folks for your own reference below the live stream. Of course, I continue to meet people every day, but they don't act as supports in the same way. They now represent my supporting cast in my own movie. Through the eyes of my soul, they also appear to be the original self too but with their own unique identity. So playing the role of a type of, what should we call me, a spiritual guide? I know, well, I now find myself surrounded by the original self in a variety of people from all over the world. For over 35 years, we've been sharing the benefits of conscious breathing as being an essential part of life. 
for myself. I was first introduced to it while practicing kundalini yoga as a teenager. But today we talk a lot in the teachings of Michael about how the breath plays such an important role in allowing the soul to be present in our body. Those of you that practice this have discovered that conscious breathing and allowing are really, really good dance partners. So I'm incredibly grateful to all those yoga teachers who were willing to share such an ancient art form. A few years after my yoga practice phase, I became aware of this thing called channeling. At that time, I had no idea what a channeler was. But as these things tend to happen, a book called The Nature of Personal Reality caught my attention at a local bookstore. Since then, it's become, well, I consider a classic. It was written by Jane Roberts, who channeled for a non-physical being called Seth. The photo of her channeling, however, at least in my opinion, didn't do her any favors. But the material, it absolutely blew my mind. At the core, this non-physical being known as Seth presented in detail how we do indeed create our own reality. The information was so detailed, it became really difficult for me to integrate it into my life. But Seth insisted that the only reason anything outside of you exists is because it also exists within you. Perceiving anything outside of us is not being us too, according to Seth, was an illusion. Sound familiar? <laughs> Indeed. A lot, well, and like a lot of people who read this book, it inspired me to search for more channel books, some of which were quite good and some not so good. <laughs> this book, however, inspired me to serve as a conscious channel for Archangel Michael and Yesha, Yeshua for, for all those years. It must have been really challenging for Jane Roberts to act as a pioneer for channeling in this way. In the way that she did it, it literally removed her human personality, her ego, from the channeling experience. So I am very grateful to Jane Roberts, who has passed on as well, and to Seth for opening my eyes to an alternate reality that no one took the time to present to me while I was growing up. Eventually, though, I was introduced to how we 
project our unfulfilled desires to others that appear to be outside of us in the form of energy cords. It was at this time I was, of course, exploring alternate healing modalities. And one of my favorite books at that time was called Hands of Light by Bar Barbara Brenham. It offered very clear information about the nature of the human energy field and the impact that cording had on our health and well-being, which of course naturally attracted me to another book called Anatomy of Spirit by Carolyn Mace. These two books inspired me, for a lack of better words, to clean up my act, to really clean up my act. Because cutting cords is a very potent and tangible way to free oneself from some of these bubbles of perception. I found it to be very effective in my relationship to my family bubbles. In the Carlos Castaneda books, he often referred to a type of parasitic relationship between all beings. And through Michael, I experienced this as well as a byproduct of perceiving ourselves as being separated from the original self. Michael referred to this state of consciousness as being the original consumer. One who needs to extract energy in order to support itself. We can see that happening, all of us on this planet and to this planet every day. So I want to thank Carolyn Mace and Barbara Brenham for having the courage to share in a very public way some very controversial topics at that time as they relate to how we create our own creations. Because of what I learned from them, my healing work took a quantum leap. When I began, I started to share what I discovered through those books. Now as a Reiki master, I taught classes every month for five years to over a thousand people. It was during this time I was introduced to a channeler that channeled for a presence, not a being, but a presence that called itself Jabbar. This channeler had been sharing Jabbar's wisdom worldwide for over 10 years. And during our time together, Jabbar shared with me incredible stories about the nature of creation. I never heard of any of this before. He shared our lineage as angelic beings, including great battles in the stars between the light and dark. 
Again, I had never heard anything like this from any other source until I read Journeys of the Angels as channeled by Jeffrey Hoppe. I highly recommend that book as Jeff, in my opinion, has become one of the clearest channels on the planet. Jabbar introduced me to the I am that I am, to the we are that we are, and to consciousness is. At the time, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But they have now become an integral part of ancient wings and the teachings of Michael. At that time, in the mid-90s, Jabbar encouraged me to allow the energy that I had felt my entire life and didn't know what it was. He encouraged me to give it a voice without telling me who that was. He inspired me to share this presence by guiding others to allow the soul to be present in their own life, which from his perspective would begin to initiate a worldwide shift on this planet and within all creation, starting with the choices we make here as human beings. During my time with him, which lasted 18 months, Jabbar only spoke to me through three different beings, Yeshua, Saint Germain, and Michael. And when I finally had the courage to ask myself, who is this energy I've been feeling my whole life? For the first time I heard the words, Mikael. So my Reiki classes, they soon shifted into becoming sessions with Michael, which quickly turned into what we are sharing today. The person who channeled for Jabbar inspired me big time to change my life. At that time, I was living with my wife and three children in a very secluded forest deep in the Oregon coast range. In a way, I was hiding from myself, both in my marriage and in relationship to my newfound service. All that changed very quickly. And of course, as one door closes, it makes room for new ones to open. Jabbar helped to change my life in ways that were both very difficult and also very freeing. Difficult in that the conditioned part of me didn't feel safe outside my comfort zones. And freeing because it allowed me to feel and trust in the presence of my soul in a tangible way. He inspired me to trust, not just in his wisdom, but in my own. I've never before experienced such a presence inside a human body in this way. It was like for the first time being recognized 
for who you truly are. So today I can say without a doubt that I, not, I would not be here today in service to the teachings of Michael if not for all the time and energy Jabbar and his channeler were willing to share with me. And for that, I am truly grateful. It's so amazing how things start to manifest when you stop pretending that you're not magnificent. And I don't mean that from an egotistical point of view. But how can we be anything but magnificent when we embrace that we too are the original self with our name on it? During all these changes, I met a woman who for the first time accepted me for who I am, both as Robert, Kethra, and as Michael. We were soon married and have enjoyed each other's company every day as if we were meeting each other for the first time every time we wake up. It's truly a remarkable relationship. One that I believe can only be experienced between two sovereign creators. She shared with me a quality of love that was unknown to my human self. That love inspired me to love myself in ways that I had never thought were possible. Self-care self-appreciation became an integral part of my new norm. Which brings my story back to this moment. Because now it's not about channeling. It's not about energy healing. It's not about looking outside of yourself for support. It's about allowing your divine nature to be at the front of your life. You won't, that, you won't find that part of you in a book, but you might be inspired by reading a book. You won't find it in any group or organization, but you might be inspired by participating in one. You won't find it from another fully awakened human being, but you might feel inspired to experience that for yourself. Because all of us have a very unique story. A human soul relationship, however, doesn't represent any particular path that you must follow. It doesn't represent any agenda or conditions that you must embrace. My friends, it simply represents you as a human being, allowing you as a non-physical being to share this incredible and beautiful physical experience together. 
consciously. Now, while receiving unlimited energetic support from your eternal self, it represents a new identity, a beautiful triangle of energies, all flowing in support of your own unique version of the original self. It represents now a painting in action in real time, a symphony of sounds, a chorus of laughter, and a realization that now more than any other time, at least in your own creation, haven't you discovered that all is indeed well? I love the role I'm currently playing in my movie in service to my love for self and shared with all of you in service to your own freedom. Let's take a deep breath. As I begin to bring today's session to a close. But first, if you feel inspired, you're welcome to join us in our upcoming Master Circle on Monday, July the 5th. To sign up, you just need to become a member of the Master's Unplugged program. And we also invite you to participate in our upcoming live workshop titled Energy in Motion on Wednesday, July 14th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. During this class, we'll break down and explore some of the dynamics of how you can work with energy to help support all of your creations. This workshop is open to anyone. And of course, I have all of you to thank for sharing your presence today. It is truly beautiful to feel what we have become after all these years of looking for the missing piece. Until next time, all my blessings.
you discovered that your freedom was never outside of you. It took a while. But now you know that. No matter how many battles were fought in the name of freedom, no matter how many causes you helped to support or even create in the name of freedom, the human never felt completely free, nor did your soul inside this human experience. Free from what? Well, from our perspective, free from feeling trapped inside a reality that is solely supported by cause and effect. During your work with us, you realized that cause and effect is but an illusion. It didn't appear that way to your human self for most of your life. If you picked up a hundred pound sack of potatoes, the effect of that was more than likely a very sore back. It seemed very clear to your human part that you were but a byproduct of all the conditions and experiences you inherited. So each of you are at a very different place with realizing your relationship with cause and effect in relationship with pure consciousness. All of you have come to realize that duality in and of itself always leaves you feeling kind of stuck. And you feel it most intensely here as a human being. Perhaps now more than ever before on this planet. But then you realize there truly is nothing outside of you. Nothing. The reflections represent a variety of smoking mirrors, which end up distracting you from realizing it's all you. Your life, my friends, truly is your own movie. And that represents your new freedom. But if your human is acting as the director, then more than likely your movie, your life, continues to be filled with drama. So this whole notion of wanting your freedom also seems to raise one or two concerns for the human part. Mainly, is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe to exist outside the norm, outside the parameters you inherited? while at the same time 
your mind could clearly see it's not feeling very safe living alongside a human family that relies almost exclusively on survival instincts. So for your human self, there have been days, weeks, and years just feeling really lost and confused, which turned into a very familiar chant. Ended up being a bumper sticker. Life sucks. <laughs> and it does. If this is just about the human. With you, it's all about the conditions of your own inner reality. Allowing more and more the presence of your soul. And that, my friends, represents the new human being. One that over time started to become aware of some very disturbing insights. And one of the most disturbing was realizing that a reality that is based on cause and effect doesn't exist inside the consciousness of your own soul. Inside your soul, it is innocent of all experiences at the very core. Because at the core, its intention is to never disrespect itself or any other being. Its own innocence is free of any guilt. It is free to experience life in any manner it chooses as a sovereign creator of its own experience. It can, of course, also choose to co-create with other creators. But it understands that everything in its experience always originated from within itself. Everything. The soul perceives that your human reality relies almost exclusively on cause and effect for its support. So it's very freeing for your human part to experience the innocence of your soul. You call that bliss. While at the same time, this realization can be a little disturbing. Many who have walked this path before you eventually ascended from this planet. They could no longer in good conscience accommodate such an illusion. They couldn't accommodate those that continued to play in it. You, however, <laughs> have chosen something radically different from that. You tell us you want your cake and you want to eat it too. I love that statement. I love it. Which means you want to enjoy this human experience, but you choose to experience 
You choose to experience it outside the realm of cause and effect. And some would say, my friend, that is impossible. It's not that you're out to prove another being wrong by staying here. You simply don't agree. And as amazed as you might be at how the body is doing everything it can to accommodate that choice, there are far more other beings, non-physical in nature, who are even more amazed. So you're in the process of experiencing your own freedom by unplugging yourself from this mental-based construct of a reality with the presence of your soul, you began to perceive cause and effect for what it is. It isn't real. That's why it's so hard to support yourself inside that reality. That's why it's so difficult to manifest what your heart desires inside that reality. When you ask us to help you better understand why is there so much resistance on this planet for such a choice, both from these physical bodies, your mind, and your collective human family, let alone all the aliens that used to feed off the energies that supported life here on Earth inside of a cause-and-effect reality. Well, to put it bluntly, it's because it has never, ever been done by a group of beings such as yourself anywhere ever before. So the big question for your mind, now that you've developed a deeper sense of trust as it relates to who is actually in the driver's seat of your life, how do you navigate a reality that is, for the most part, unknown to this human mind? And this is where we invited you to shift your allegiance from perceiving yourself as a singular self to a multi-dimensional identity. Now, Robert and I have been demonstrating that for some time now. It's not weird, it's just different. So your new identity is what we call your sacred triangle. It allows the human self to be a part of what it has yearned to feel for most of your life. It represents a new type of family for the human part to feel connected to what? To feel connected to what? Well, it only perceives itself as being physical. And so this is a huge leap for that part of you, the human part, to acknowledge and accept that there is this non-physical version of itself. 
willing to blend and merge its presence in support of the physical version. We've also invited you to allow these other parts to speak. And we know that's, that's a place that's a little troubling, a little difficult for a lot of you, as we are doing now. Not as a channeled message, but declaring, this is my voice. I'm proud of it. It's not just one voice. It's a voice that represents a multifaceted, multidimensional self being. Because from our perspective, giving voice would give your human part tangible evidence that you're not just making all of this up. In the meantime, you have also discovered that your soul or eternal self don't share their presence with you in the same way you communicate with other human beings. That's a little awkward at first, a little challenging at first. They prefer to use what we call the language of the heart. You could say the language of the heart represents your original form of communication. Indeed, it does. It is the song of the soul in action. It represents a very elegant, multidimensional form of communication. It not only uses all the human senses, but your souls as well. But how does a human that has been conditioned to think first and then to feel sometime later, for the most part, much later, how does a human begin to trust in a type of communication that doesn't use thoughts or words? Well, we've been talking about the language of the heart for many, many years. And it's time to allow it to play a more integrated role in your own life. We asked Robert to create a few videos to help you get a feel for how this works. Not because it's foreign to you, it isn't. We're inviting you to feel the language of your heart in relationship with your soul to help you to trust in the presence of your soul because it has the potential to open doors that have been locked inside the human body for a very long time. 